0: Greetings, and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that when we read the Bible with due respect and attention, you will experience a sense of awe about this supernatural book? We ended the last digging deeper with a verse admonishing us to love God's word. Along with love will come a sense of awe. Many today treat the Bible like any other book. Some critics consider it merely a work of men framed by the evolution of religion. Some do not even treat their printed copy with due respect. Instead, using it in a stack of books to raise something on one's desk or as a doorstop. Others cast it about recklessly, even laying it on the floor. By contrast, others would not even think of doing such a thing due to their awe for the Word of God. The verse we will study in this, digging deeper, may be part of the reason for such devout respect. This will be the last article of our recent trilogy, including The Book Unlike Any Other and Every Word of God is Pure. Subsection The Heart That Stands in Awe. Our focus will be on this verse Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy word. Psalm 119, 161. In the history of Bible printing through the centuries, humorous mistakes have occurred that were later recognized and corrected. This is one of them. Princes was mistakenly printed as printers, giving us the printer's Bible. Mark Cameron, in his Mastering the Bible, lists others that have raised an eyebrow through the years. We have the Adulterous Bible, where in the Seventh Commandment the word not is omitted. The word murderers was printed for murmurers, causing us to have the Murderers Bible. In Luke 14.26, we have the word wife instead of the word life. Thus, we have the Wife Hater Bible. There are these mistakes in printing. No one can blame God for that. God says what he means and means what he says. Our focus verse records a bold statement from a true worshiper who has been persecuted for no good reason. Perhaps his tormentors attempted to pressure him to go contrary to God's word. Instead, he stood firm because of his awe for what God has said. He could have given in to political pressure and threats to submit to the princes instead of to the word of the Almighty. Long before the New Testament was composed, this person understood the principle of Acts 5.29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Matthew Henry's commentary in the whole Bible elaborates this verse. We ought to obey God rather than men, and to make sure of God's favor. Though we throw ourselves under the frowns of all the world, Luke 12, 4, Luke 12, 5. The heart that stands in awe of God's word is armed against the temptations that arise from persecution. End of quote. This verse from the book of Psalms was quoted by Jesus to explain the vitriol he experienced from some of the Jewish rulers during his trials. Notice John 15, 25. But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. This verse was one of scores of Old Testament messianic prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus' first coming. Many were fulfilled during his last week before his death and resurrection, including several on the day of his death. Many others await fulfillment at his second coming. Subsection The Meaning of All. To stand in awe is defined by Webster's Underbridge Dictionary, 1913, as, quote, to fear greatly, to reverence profoundly, and end of quote. It also defines it as, quote, reverential fear or solemn wonder, profound reverence, end of quote. The Jameson Fawcett Brown Commentary explains this healthy respect, quote, not slavish, but reverential fear. It's accompanied with faith and hope. Psalm 119:120, Psalm 119:147. Such as this Josiah felt, his heart being tender, so that he humbled himself before the Lord, when the words of God's book of promises and threatenings were read to him. 2 Kings 22:10 and 11. 2 Kings 22:19. He who fears God's word need not fear the word of men. Isaiah 8:12 and 13, Matthew 10:28. 1 Peter 3, 14 and 15, Luke 12, verse 5, end of quote. The pulpit commentary edited by Joseph S. Excel and Henry Donald Morris Spence Jones characterizes this awe. Here we have the true dread, or awe, not the displeasure or opposition of man, though this may be incurred without cause. And we may feel that the suspicion or the ill-feeling or the attack is altogether wanton and unprovoked. Two, but the displeasure of God, undisturbed by human ill will or intrigue, we stand in awe of divine disapproval. We shrink from thinking the thought, cherishing the feeling, taking the course which Christ would condemn. We are afraid of leaving undone or unattempted that to which he is calling us with his sovereign voice. End of quote. The word awe appears three times in our King James Version of the Bible. The two other references are below. Notice that the entire earth is admonished to stand in awe of God's word. Doing so will keep us from sinning. Psalm 4.4 says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Say love. Psalm 33.8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Subsection, a tool to overcome sin. The way to combat and overcome sin is to stand in awe of and meditate upon the word of God. It reveals to us the way of blessing and hope for a better world. Our present world is corrupted by sin. By and large, it does not stand in awe of God's word. At times, its rulers try to force citizens to yield to their sinful demands. Yet our key verse reveals one such person who would not buckle. This is a lesson for all of us as we face increasingly dangerous conditions in these very end times. The book Handfuls on Purpose, Volume 7, by James Smith and Robert Lee, gives this commentary on our key verse. Quote, Stop before you go any further in sinful unbelief and consider where and what you are. Stand in awe at the thought of disobeying God's word, Psalm 119, Stand in awe at the thought of the wages of sin, Romans 6:23. Stand in awe at the thought of opportunities lost, the uncertainty of life, and the certainty of judgment. Stand in awe as you think of the infinite love and mercy of God towards sinners in the sufferings and death of His Son, Stand in awe, lest you should resist the gracious stirrings of his Holy Spirit and die in your sin. End of quote. Psalm 119 provides us much understanding about the different terms for God's Word and what should be our approach to it. Joseph S. Excel's Biblical Illustrator explains how our primary verse reveals a rare experience as amplified by nearby verses. 1. This verse shows reverence for God's word. The meaning of this perhaps is, I have a greater dread of violating thy law than I have of all the persecuting powers of princes or potentates. This is right. This is sublimely noble. Two, delight in God's word, verse 162. Three, loyalty to God's word, verse 163. And gratitude for God's word, verse 164 from a publication called Homilist. It must be genuine, subheading. Reverence for God's Word will naturally produce delight, loyalty, and gratitude that God has preserved His Holy Bible for us. Therefore, do we love it. Psalm 119, 140. One of the outstanding cross-references for our focused verse is, For all those things has my hand made, and all those things has been, says the Lord, But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 2. Godly awe moves one to tremble at God's word. How many are so moved by God's holy Bible today that they tremble at it? This feeling cannot be contrived, but must be a genuine sense of the seriousness of our charge to serve God and him alone standing in awe of His Word, will guide us to do just that. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to livingeducation at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by The Living Church of God.